what if you were to suddenly change into the opposite sex? Amala says, ew. Christy says, life would be easier as a man. Okay? Would your life be different? You completely change genders. Not, and not promoting any kind of surgery or anything like that, okay? How would your life be different? You would... What do you say? You go into a different bathroom, right? You go into a totally different place. Like for guys, it's like, what is in there? We don't even know what's in the girl's bathroom, right? Um, how else would life be different? Like what, like just totally different. How are girls just totally different from guys? Pregnancy, you could get pregnant. I could get pregnant. Uh, I don't want to hear any sermon clips about me saying I can get pregnant. Okay, Chris. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. The point is, you, there, it's, it would just be a totally different existence if you were completely changed into the opposite sex, right? Some, something totally different. The same is true if you are someone who claims to know Christ. You should be going to different places. You should be capable of doing different things. Like if I was a woman, I would be capable of getting pregnant. And when you are a Christian, you are capable of being righteous. You are capable of being holy. You are capable of being like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? And so Paul is saying, when you become a Christian, you become totally different. You should. You should not walk according to an unbeliever, the way an unbeliever lives. Now, so he's established that. That's what we established last week, that you should be different. You should act different. You should talk different. The pictures you put up on Facebook should be different. Your statuses on Facebook should be different. They should not have curse words. You should not be joining, being, becoming fans of, uh, you know, you know. I mean, you all know what people become fans of. You look at what your friends become fans of. I, I see what some of you all become fans of. And, and I go, hmm? all right. Okay, I see. Okay. You're supposed to be different if you are in Christ. It's, it's like totally switching genders. You're totally switching teams. Right? It's like you got traded from the Red Sox to the Yankees. And you have on a new uniform. You, you get paid more. You know, your team wins more. It's like that's... That's what it's like to go from being an unbeliever to being a Christian. You're on the winning team now, and you act totally different. You know, there's a code of con. If you're on the Yankees, there's a code of conduct, right, Anthony? What's what? What kind of things are in the code of conduct for to be a Yankee? You have to carry a Yankee Bible. You have to wear a uniform a certain way, right? 
you, you can't have facial hair, right? Oh, yeah. Can't have facial hair. Like, they have strict rules if you want to be a Yankee. If you want to represent the Yankees, you got to dress a certain way, act a certain way, look a certain way, right? And so, like, just reinforcing this point that if you claim to be a Christian, you have totally switched teams and you should not look like, like, if, if Derek Jeter walked out there in a Red Sox jersey, what would happen? It wouldn't happen. But what if it did? People would free. Like, that's just wrong, right? It's just, it should not happen. Because he's on the, t- they are such rivals. Christ is such a rival of Satan. Like, they are just totally against each other. They are the same ends of a magnet. Right, Brandon? Okay. So we've established that. Now Paul goes on. To say we're just continuing from last week. And I think it's really the timing of this passage for us is really good because I know that there are quite a few of you who are dealing with these issues that we're going to talk about tonight. Okay? Things have been popping up in this youth group in certain people's lives that Paul is going to address tonight. So I want you guys to pay attention, okay? Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. If you brought your Bibles, They're really important, okay? This is the most important thing we do on a Friday night. Because why? It's God speaking. It's God speaking. It's not me. We'll get to that, okay? We'll get to that. So, verse 25. Therefore, having put away falsehood, right? Therefore, that means since he's established that if you're on Jesus' team, you should be totally different. You should be totally different than the world. Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Okay? So what's what's the main command in this verse right now? Speak the truth. Right? Speak the truth with your neighbor. If we wanted to say it negatively, he's saying... Do not lie to each other. Okay? Don't lie to each other. How do you feel when someone lies to you? You feel bad, right? Okay? He, and he gives the reason why we shouldn't lie to each other, why we should speak truth to each other. What's the reason? For we are members of one another. What do you think that means? We're all family, right? Okay? If we're all family, why does that mean we shouldn't lie to each other? Because some families do lie to each other, right? What happens to those families? They break apart, right? They don't trust each other. And just like we did down there, when we had our ribbons, when we were all tight with our ribbon, right? When we were giving compliments to each other, when we were trusting each other, when we were holding our ribbon tight, you know, the ribbon, the ribbon... The ribbon was, tw- was tight. But when a couple of people dropped their ribbon, when a couple of people dropped their ribbon, what happened? It got loose. How did we have to tighten it again? We had to move away from each other. We had to move away from each other. We lost the closeness that we had when we were tight. That's what happens when we lie to each other. When we don't speak the truth, we move away. We separate. 
It says, for we are members of one another. What he's saying is we are all connected. We are all connected like that ribbon. That ribbon connected all of us. And when one person drops it, everyone is affected. Everyone has to move out in order to make the ribbon tight again. Everyone has to disconnect from each other. So what he's saying is we are members of one another. When I lie to you, Carrie, I'm not just hurting you. I'm not just hurting our relationship. But because in some special way, through Jesus Christ, we are all connected. When I lie to Carrie, when I hurt her, I hurt everybody. So please, don't think that your little white lie or your big lie is, is all about just you. I, I got to protect myself, you know, uh, or ah, I don't want to hurt their feelings, so I'm going to lie to them. You're not just hurting them. You're not just hurting yourself. You're hurting everyone. Why? Because we are all members of one another. And when we lie to each other, we get more distant. And that's not the goal. The goal is for us to be closer. The goal is for us to be able to trust each other. Is that good? I like it. All right. So if you are in Christ, you should be speaking the truth to each other because you are connected through Christ. The next thing he tells us, be angry, be angry, and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. All right, so we can be angry. Yes. Paul told us. That's a command. Be angry and do not sin. Is that what he's saying? Is he, is he commanding us to be angry? So I'm supposed to walk around grumpy all the time, but no. Who knows what he's saying? It's okay to be angry. If you are angry, don't let it consume you to the point that you do sin through your anger. Because we're all going to get angry at some point, right? Nobody walks around, I love life, everything's great. Oh, you just punched me in the face, thank you. Oh, you told me I was ugly? Oh, thank you, that's so sweet. Right? No, when people do stuff to us, we get angry. And Paul is saying, it's not a sin to be angry. Okay? Now, some of you are going to take that and say, yes. Where's mom and dad? Right? God, Paul told me to be angry at you. Um, no. He's saying, if you do get angry, don't let it consume you. Don't let it consume you to the point that you retaliate and do something to someone else. Okay? And he, and he, and he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Um, that's exactly what he's saying. Don't let it smolder. Don't let, don't let it, you know, it goes on all day and all night, and I'm still angry about this, and, and it just consumes you, and so you get bitter, and you start to hate somebody. You start to hate people, a group of people, right? This is where racists come in, right? They just, over the years, they just developed this hate for for this specific group of people. And Paul says, don't 
Don't do that. Don't let your anger consume you over a long period of time. That's what bitterness is. Bitterness is anger over a long period of time. And it doesn't change overnight. It's okay to be angry about some things, right? Like, I'm angry about abortion. I'm angry when, you know, I see people being taken advantage of. That's a good thing to be angry about, okay? God gets angry. God gets angry at sin, at injustice. So it's not, being angry is not wrong in and of itself. But even in that good anger, even in that thing that it's okay to be angry at, Paul is saying, don't let the sun go down on that because that can lead to bitterness as well. You know, you can look at someone who is sinning and say, man, I hate that they do that. I hate that they do that. Why do they do that? Oh, man, I hate it so much. And then it gets to the point where you don't care that they sin anymore. You just, you just hate them. And you don't care that they don't know Jesus Christ. You just, you just can't stand what they do. You can't stand them. And so your, your anger, even though it was angry at, you know, in a good way at first, it's turned into something that is bitter and, and, what, and what's happened? Uh, it's allowed Satan to have an opportunity in your life. Satan is looking for cracks in your armor and, and he knows anger for some of you. Anger is going to be something that he can slip in and say, mm, yeah, look at what she did. You're going to let her get away with that? She disrespected you. He called you a punk. And so Satan... And when you let the sun go down on your anger, Satan steps in and over time creates bitterness. So as a Christian, as someone who is in Christ, you do not let the sun go down on your anger. Okay. Uh, verse 28. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. All right? Whoever stole my iPod, this is for you, okay? Stop teething, work your own job so you can pay for your own things, okay? And I know one of you knows who took it, so come on. Let this verse speak to you, all right? This verse is saying don't be lazy. Laziness and mooching off of other people is the same as stealing. Okay? Some of you love to just sit back and let everyone else do all the work. Paul says, no. If you are a Christian, you can't be lazy. You can't be lazy if you belong to Christ. Doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. So it's not just that he's... He's working so that he doesn't have to steal from other people. It's a total 180. It's, I'm, I'm working not only so that I don't have to steal from him, but that I can give to you, right? It's not just, I work for myself and I keep everything I get. It's that, okay, I, I'm not stealing anymore. I'm working hard and I'm giving something back. Get it? That's what a Christian should look like. Not someone who steals and not someone who only serves himself, but someone who is working to give back to others. Okay? Number 29. Verse 29. 
And this one, I think, applies to all of us in this youth group and to me, okay? Especially to me. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay? So, first thing he says is, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. The, the word there, corrupting, it literally means rotten. Okay? So it's like, <laughs> it's like the words you speak are rotten, and it's not just your breath. Okay? It's the things that come out of your mouth, they spoil everyone around you. They, you know, they, they make everyone around you feel worse. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up. What does it mean to build someone up? To encourage, Michael? Yeah, to, to encourage them to... What is that? Build up self-esteem? Um... Right, I, I, I understand, yeah, you know, just to say nice things about them, help them to feel better, you know, um, to encourage them, that's good, Michael. Um, only such as is good for building up, this eliminates, what is that, Nathan? It eliminates the tearing down, that's right, and it's easy to see, oh, when, so, when, when you're angry or, you know, you say something like, you know, you, you pick on them or... Or you say something really mean to them, and you—that's what you were trying to do. But it, and in this youth group, I think it eliminates sarcasm. Okay, look at Andrew. Andrew's in denial. Sarcasm is your friend. But is it good for building up? Only such as is good for building up. That's why we did our little exercise out there tonight with with giving compliments to to people. And for some of you, that's like, ugh. I got to say something nice about somebody, right? But this, as believers in Christ, we are supposed to be different. We are supposed to be different. We are supposed to be building people up as fits the occasion, okay? There are going to be certain scenarios where it's good to say one thing. In another scenario, it's going to be good to say something else, all right? The thoughts popping in my head, like, Egan, if your wife asks you, Honey, does this make me look fat, right? I mean, there's all kinds of, you can say something nice, but it might not be exactly, she might not take it the right way, right? So, so it requires wisdom. The things that you say require wisdom, that it may give grace to those who hear. Notice how this speech is, is for building up others, giving grace you know, for their benefit. All of these things are for the other person's benefit. So, so when we work, we work to benefit others. When we speak, we speak to benefit others, not just ourselves, not just to tell everyone how awesome we are, right? Even though we are pretty awesome. But we should be seeking to build others up and not use sarcasm to tear people down, Right? And sarcasm is a problem for me. And I'm sure it's a problem for most of you. Because it's a way for us to be funny, but still get a little dig in there, right? 
And so, and so we can say, oh, I don't know, why did you get upset? I was only joking, right? You know there's a verse in Proverbs that talks about that? It says, I was only joking. Yeah, he's like, someone who throws fiery darts and hits people with their fiery darts. And then when the person complains, says, ow, that hurt. They say, oh, I was only joking. I didn't mean it, right? I didn't mean it is not... You know, it doesn't cut it. It's still, it doesn't take away the hurt. Um, and I know that people in this youth group are dealing with that. People have been joking, saying things that they, you know, they didn't mean to hurt somebody, but it still hurt. And so I think some of us need to really evaluate how we talk to people. The things that we say, are we going to, you know, because we watch so much TV, I think. I think we watch so much TV, and the people on TV are really funny, and so we want to be funny too, and so we say things that it might be funny, but it doesn't fit the occasion. And it's, it's not the wise time to say it, and it doesn't build up, and it doesn't give grace. It's funny, but all it does is tear down. And so I encourage you guys, as believers in Christ, to really consider the things that you say, the things that you let come out of your mouth. All right, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. He's the third person of the Trinity, right? You have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is not the Son. The Spirit is not the Father. The Father is not the Spirit. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Spirit. The Son is not the Father. They're all they're three separate, but they're but they're one, right? Did I just blow your mind with the Trinity? Three separate persons, one God. Each one of them are God, but they are not each other. I like it that that we cannot comprehend God. It makes me think that He's bigger than me, you know. Like, and that's a God I can worship. That's a God I can worship, okay? Um, but Paul, Paul gives all these commands, you know, these are, these are evidences, things that should, ways that we should be different as Christians. And it, then he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, okay? So he's saying, if you don't obey these things, that I just told you, if you continue to walk in worldliness, you're going to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. What does it mean to grieve the Holy Spirit of God? When someone's grieving, how do they look? They're sad, right? Do we, do we make God cry? We, we cause God sorrow. We cause God sorrow when we sin. We cause God sorrow when we join in with the things of the world that Jesus died for. And we cause God sorrow when we do it knowing that we shouldn't. Okay? You grieve the Holy Spirit of, of God. You don't grieve me. You do, but ultimately it's not me who you should be doing these things for. It's not your parents. It's not your teachers. It's not your pastor. It's God. It's God. God is watching. God knows what you're doing. And 
He knows when you're disobeying Him on purpose. And if you know that you should be different and you choose not to be different, you choose to be just like the world, you grieve God. Have you ever made someone cry? How did you feel? Like, like someone who you really loved and you ended up making them cry. You made yourself cry? No, okay. You made someone cry, okay? Did you feel bad about making them cry? Thaddeus, have you ever made Julie cry? And like, have you ever felt bad about making Julie cry? Bad example, okay. Um, I've done that, I've made my nieces cry, you know? Not on purpose, but just like, you know, it's like sometimes you don't realize that, that you're doing something and it makes them cry. Uh, and I hate that feeling. I hate that feeling. And so if we feel bad when we cause sorrow to the people we love, we should feel sorrow when we cause God sorrow. And that's going to be our topic, uh, actually, in the youth service. Godly sorrow or worldly sorrow. How do you feel when you sin? Do you ever feel any guilt? We're going to talk about that on Sunday night. Finally, verse 31, 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. So these are the things that we are to put off, these things that we should not do. Um, bitterness, anger, wrath, clamor, slander. These are all ways of being angry, of being bitter, of, of feeling hatred, of using our mouths. This is kind of like a summary of, of the things that he said before. Some of you are bitter. Some of you are bitter against your parents. Some of you are bitter against God. Some of you are bitter against your friends. Paul says if you're a Christian, those things should not be a part of your life. They should, not, again, not to say that we don't get angry or that we don't feel betrayed or that we don't feel injustice. But as a Christian, you need to find a way to deal with that. You need to talk to somebody. Verse 32 is what he says. Be kind to one another. Why should we be kind to one another? Going back to the beginning, going back to the very first verse, why should we be kind to one another? Because we are members of one another, right? So we should be building each other up. So even though Dorothy May is sitting over there, and Ivana is sitting over there, and it seems like they're totally separate, through Christ, we are, they are connected. And so, even though it seems like they're far apart, they're actually connected through Christ. And so they should, we should be kind to each other. We should be kind to each other. Tender-hearted. Ha-ha. Tender-hearted. Not hard-hearted. We shouldn't close off our hearts to people. Um, we shouldn't build up walls against certain people. We should have tender hearts forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. All right? This is how we put off the bitterness. Realizing that we sinned against God, that our sin demanded death. I mean, we should die. We should die for what we did. But Christ, on the cross, provided salvation and forgiveness for us. No one has done anything to you 
I mean, you're still alive. But what you did caused Christ to die. And yet, God has forgiven you through Christ. And so that bitterness that you're holding against someone, all that rage that you feel when that person pops into your head, when, when you think about what they did to you, think about what you did to Jesus. And I'm not saying that to make you feel guilty. I'm saying that so that you can feel the freedom of, of what it feels like to know that, oh, God has forgiven me even though I did something bad, even though I deserved not to be forgiven. But through Christ, God has forgiven me so I can, even though that person has sinned against me, I can forgive them because of what Christ has done for me. Because remember, we're all connected. That's my prayer for you guys tonight. That even though someone has done something to you, that you would not respond in anger, in rage, in lies, in stealing, that you would be kind and tender-hearted and forgive based on what Christ has done for you. If you haven't received that forgiveness from Christ, all of this is going to seem retarded. It's not going to make sense. If I can steal something and get away with it, I'll steal it. If I can lie to you to help myself, why not? If you say something mean to me, I'm going to say something mean to you. You make me feel bad, I'm going to make you feel bad. But through Christ, it's totally different. We become totally different people. We have the ability to be kind and to be righteous and to be holy. I hope that you would all put your faith in Jesus and really understand that we are supposed to be different. So that when you go back to your schools, they see a difference. There's going to be an adjustment. People are going to have to deal with the fact that you're trying not to live the way that you used to live. But you're on the winning team now. That's the point. You're on the winning team, so you act differently. Don't settle for what the world has to offer. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for your word, for your forgiveness in my life. And uh, God, I just pray that, that for those who are struggling with bitterness, I know I struggled with it mightily as a teenager. Bitterness against my parents. And uh, Lord, I just pray that, that you would open their heart through your spirit uh, to the fact that, that you have forgiven them through Christ and that your spirit would start to work in their heart to, so that they can forgive whoever has uh, done anything to them. Lord, we thank you for Jesus and for his willingness to sacrifice himself and, and uh, for, being, for dying and being buried and rose again. And Lord, I just pray that you would give the gift of faith to those uh, who need who need to believe in Jesus, who need his forgiveness so that they can be free and so that they can be different. Lord, help us all as we struggle through this. We are not perfect people, and you know that better than anyone else. Lord, help us with our speech to not steal, uh, to not blow up and give full vent to our anger. Lord, we know that we have your spirit, and so you will equip us to do these things as we trust and surrender to you. In Jesus' name, amen.